Did you know that there was an entire era of Pokemon TCG cards that are undervalued and underappreciated? And is 2023 the year of the collector? Let's talk about it on the Gym Leaders Podcast. What's going on, Funhouse crew? Welcome back to the channel, TCG Funhouse, and the Gym Leaders Podcast, where we talk all things Pokemon TCG. I'm Travis, here with my boy, an official partner confidant. Who are you? Yes, I'm I'm ASX. Yeah. I'm ASX, oh. and uh, I think you guys know me. I mean, I've been around... Uh, been around here for a little bit uh you know just it's dropped true. my very first video here on tcg funhouse so that was super exciting i hope you guys all watched it if you haven't it's got some pretty spicy pulls in it so definitely go back and take a look at that for me it was definitely a super fun video um very good start to your uh funhouse career uh and if you're mm-hmm. listening on the audio realms make sure you go to our youtube channel tcg funhouse where you can catch travis asx in all of their glory five days a week over on YouTube in video form because we are just so damn handsome you don't want to miss <laughs> it. But that's not what we're here about. I mean, I could talk about you know my beauty all day, um, but yes. we're here to talk about Pokemon and Pokemon cards. And we're kind of like right in that you know Lost Origins is coming out this Friday mm. officially. So make sure you guys yes. go check your retailers, Target, Walmart. I would say start checking today. I would say Wednesday <laughs> evenings. Uh, lunchtime Thursday is probably the best time to get your hands on the brand new set. It's when most retailers do their stocking for the Friday releases. So go check that out. But we are not going to be talking about Lost Origins today. We have a couple of different, what I would deem spicier topics that we're going to be talking about. Um, One of those being an entire era, in my opinion, of underrated and undervalued Pokemon cards that I would like to talk about why I think they are a massive investment and purchase right now for your Pokemon collection. And then we're also going to be talking about how in 2023, at least one of us here on the Gym Leaders podcast thinks that it's going to be the year of the collector and Pokemon is going to be having tons of products geared specifically for collectors and not TCG players. And uh, yeah, there's actually some really awesome Charizard cards. I don't know if you guys have like seen right behind my head here, but we have high <laughs> resolution pictures of the Charizard yes. cards coming in the UPC ASX. Before we get into anything, what did you think about those Charizards, man? Oh my gosh, this is like everything, everything I wanted from a Charizard card, this whole Sword and Shield. Honestly, not even the Sword and Shield era like of all time, Forever. really. You know, ever since I got back into it, uh, back into collecting and everything, like I yearned for an awesome Charizard card. And we got some pretty cool ones throughout the Sword and Shield era. But like, my gosh, looking at these cards, top of the line Charizard cards for me. Like I have to have these in my collection. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard to pick out a top one, to be <laughs> honest with you. But I mean, that Charizard VMAX, man, that, that card is like everything, everything to me, everything that Charizard is, is in that card to me. And uh, yeah, I'm going to probably be picking up more than just one copy of that that card specifically um amazing artworks and i'm so happy that they put this box together they threw these three cards in there i really feel like they're doing a service to the the collector here in uh in this box yeah this box i think is kind of like the start to that Uh, technically i think the celebrations upc was kind of like the start to that um and we'll talk about that a little bit later in your episode 
Um, but I agree with you. I think for me, the VMAX is the number one card. All three cards yeah. are phenomenal. And I said this before when we talked about the Charizard UPC, I think two weeks ago, um, mm -hmm. all three of these cards, if they were inside of booster packs and inside of a set, would be the most expensive card in the Sword and Shield era. Um, if yeah. that Alt-Art VMAX was in Brilliant Stars or the Alternate Art V-Star was in Brilliant Stars, uh, maybe the Alternate Art V was inside of you know a, a Celebrations or something like that. Um, all three of them would be the most expensive cards, surpassing the Umbreon mm. from Evolving Skies, in my opinion. And I think so. I don't even know if it would be close, to be honest. Like the the especially the VMAX one, which is my favorite. It it, it would be a five hundred dollar card if it was inside of a, a, a set, and it was extraordinarily hard to pull, like the Umbreon was. Um, oh yeah. Speaking of, hundred percent agree with you on that. We just pulled the uh, Brilliant Stars, a.k.a. Starbirth Japanese version of the Charizard Spicy. Alternate Art. Uh, super excited to ask in my collection. Um, so, yeah, that was that's that's awesome. So, But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm awesome. going to need all three. Uh, I'm going to – obviously, the UPC for me is a better investment sealed. Um, oh, yeah. Like a 1,000% better sealed. But I'm going to have to at least open one of them or buy these singles down in my collection because they are so beautiful. I got to have them. Got to have them in mm -hmm. my – my snap, my magnetic cases here uh, yeah. to go inside my alternate art collection. So definitely got to be, definitely got to be doing that for sure. Yeah, I I am super super excited for these, and I, you know, I was a little bit, I felt a little bit weird about the V Star art because it's it's definitely it feels very it's one of those different quirky ones. to me. It it is. It's one of those quirky ones. It kind of feels a little bit like kind of like a comic book to me, uh, like that art style. Um, but, you know, after looking at it, you you know, you kind of see a few other Pokemon kind of snuck in there. You know, he's battling Mewtwo. I mean, how can so you? So confirmed. Can you I don't know if you awesome. know this, but it is confirmed. Yeah. We have the leaked card that V-Star Universe is going to feature the Mewtwo alternate art. That is the opposite mm. side of this artwork. So this is. I did not see that. Yet. This is the Charizard fighting the Mewtwo. We do have images of the Mewtwo fighting the Charizard as well. I've not shared them on my awesome. socials because it's a very grainy, it's not a high resolution picture. And I, I yeah. don't like sharing those types. If you follow me on my Instagram and my Twitter, you'll notice I try to stay away from like, not necessarily sharing leaks because they're leaks, but just because they're yeah. usually, they're usually shit. They usually look terrible. They're very low yeah. quality. Half the time they're bent up, damaged, ripped, things like that. Um, you know, because it looks like they fell off the, the conveyor belt and they scooted them over with their shoe, scratching them up on the floor. And it's just, <laughs> it's really bad. Um, so yeah. I, I don't even share them until I get a decent picture that I deem worthy of putting up. Uh, and if you guys haven't seen these Charizard cards, make sure you go follow us, TCG Funhouse, over on Instagram or Twitter to see the high res resolution images of all three VMAX, VSTAR, and V Charizard cards. Sorry. I believe I, I, I interrupted you like I often do, as people in the comment section no. remind me from time to time. <laughs> no, no, you, I, I was just saying, uh, this is an absolutely awesome card. And the, I didn't know that we had the, the Mewtwo card coming, and that's just going to be absolutely, absolutely awesome. And then I was just taking a peek here uh, at the Charizard V, and um, I think, honestly, I, I kind of like this one. Maybe a little bit better, definitely just as much as the Charizard V you're holding. Because um, okay, I didn't yeah. notice the the first time uh, I was looking at this, I just saw the Charizard laying down. I'm like, Venusaur okay, in the back. Know, he's just he's resting. But then I saw Venusaur in the back and all the damage 
to the forest that Charizard caused. There's a bunch he of little fires pissed. in the back, and Venusaur just looks pissed off yep. that Charizard did all that, and that just is absolutely hilarious to me. So yeah, this this card, all three of them, you know, ten out of ten for me. Uh, the Charizard V Max, eleven out of ten yeah. for sure. Like very big, very card. big Godzilla vibes. You know, just menacing. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if, if you guys have followed me here on this channel before, like you know that I prefer my Pokemon and my Pokemon cards like dark, intimidating, and scary. Like, way more yeah. than whimsical, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the the V is definitely a little bit whimsical, you know? Which is mm-hmm. why, like, people rave over the Sleepy T-Tar alternate art all the time as one of the best cards in Sword and Shield era. And it is fantastic, don't get me wrong. But it's not even close to my, like, top ten cards because it's just so whimsical. And same thing with the Machamp. I, the Machamp drove yeah. me crazy. They had such an opportunity to give us an awesome alternate art Machamp where he was, like, boxing, fighting, something, like, badass. Yeah. And instead, he's carrying a bunch of laundry and groceries. Like, cool, I get that's yeah. that's kind of what he does, like, in the games and stuff. He's, like, this multi-utility Pokemon. Like, nah, yeah. bro, he's Goro. I want to see some Goro action. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the exact same way about that card. Bit of a missed opportunity to, uh, to you know, essentially go the Charizard VMAX route here and make it really, really cool. Yeah. So, right before we get in talking about the uh, the underrated, undervalued era, like, how do you feel about your first week on the channel, man? You're, it's your first week, officially a, a yeah. TCG Funhouse crew member. Like, how you feeling? You feeling frisky, feisty? Like, what's oh, going yeah. on? Frisky, feisty. You know, I'm excited. No, I'm, I'm definitely very, very excited to be <laughs> here. Um, you know, I, I just had actually my first video come out today that we're recording this. Yes. Um, so, on this Tuesday. And, uh, you know, just seeing all the amazing comments coming through. Um, from so many different people that, you know, I, I, you know, may have not even gotten comments from, you know, on my own channel. So brand new people seeing me as well. Um, it was a great feeling, you know, just to see, you know, all the, uh, the love I was getting in the comments, um, it was just comment after comment, you know, welcoming me to the channel and, you know, let me know that all those polls that they saw were awesome and everything like that. So, you know, it got me very, very motivated, uh, super excited to see where this is all going to go. And, uh, you know, I hope. I really hope I'm going to be pulling Zard after Zard after Zard for you guys here on the channel. Um, that's the goal to constantly bring awesome openings, energetic openings as well. Uh, that's another thing a lot of people seem to like was was the high energy I brought to the opening. So so I already got um, I already got a nickname I will do for that you for you guys. Yeah, I already got a nickname I, for you. I hear it. Here, what is it? I, I wrote it down in one of the comments. Uh, or I believe I may have. Um, I didn't see. It. I don't even know. I, I may have mentally thought it and not did it, which happens sometimes. <laughs> Um, you're the king of awesome because that's your, oh, that's like your it. quote. That's your quote. Every time you get that page, he's like, awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that's that pretty cool. True. And like that, and you that don't, you don't even try to do it. That's just your reaction. you like, your legitimate reaction to getting a big poll is awesome. And so you're, yeah, you're man. the king of awesome. So you're going to have to get yourself some branded merchandise. I can do that. So can the do king that. of awesome guys. So that's that's what we're calling them. <laughs> ASX is officially king of awesome. The A in ASX now stands for awesome. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know what the other stands for. We'll we'll come up with the other two letters, you know. But the <laughs> A stands for awesome moving forward. There we go. I can I can roll with that. I like that. We're glad to have you, man. I know I'm glad to have you on the channel. I think sky's the limit with us with all this content we're going to be pushing out. I'm really yeah. excited. I see. I think we're gonna have tons of growth. There is tons of people down in the comment section supporting us. Um, in all of our videos, and if you're listening on audio platforms, guys, give us a five-star review, share it with your friends, because um, we're in this for the stretch. We're doing 60, 90 days of this hardcore balls to the wall, 
And if it turns mm-hmm. out well, we're going to move forward and just and just dominate and become, you know, the next big thing in this Pokemon TCG game. So that's that's our plan. Yeah. So that being said, um, a lot of you guys like when we talk about uh, Pokemon investing, Pokemon values, and and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to be talking about first up here on the Gym Leaders Podcast. And undervalued and underappreciated, in my opinion, entire era of Pokemon TCG yeah. cards and. Of course, if you've watched my channel, uh, you know I'm talking about the X and Y era. Um, I would probably say that the X and Y era is probably the one era that just slides under the radar for absolutely everything. It was Mm -hmm. probably the least played video games. Um, It was probably the least watched anime. And it was, I can almost guarantee you, the least collected TCG Um sets uh simply because that was during pokemon's massive cooldown it was 2014 15 16 when i don't want to say pokemon was dead because it wasn't dead but the only people in the pokemon realm at that time were hardcore collectors and hardcore players right that back in 2014 you could buy a jungle booster box first edition still for like 850 bucks um yeah a thousand bucks like it was absolutely insane and if you don't believe me go watch primetime pokemon who was one of the hardcore collectors making videos back then um and he had so many vintage openings like he was doing vintage openings before vintage openings were cool before Landheart, you know got into it before uh tca game yeah. even got into it you know it was primetime pokemon opening jungle team rocket fossil um all the neo gym challenge stuff like he was crushing it back in 2013 14 15 but nobody was watching. Nobody cared. Nobody yeah. cared, you know, um, because mm-hmm. it was really only hardcore people and, you know, unboxings weren't really a thing back then. So uh, shout out to him for being one of the, the trailblazers. Um, hopefully he can, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to say anything negative, but hopefully he can pick up the pace on being a little bit more entertaining because I want to see him succeed. Um, I want to see him be at that million subs right up there along with Leonhart and Pokey Rev and stuff like that. Yeah. But he definitely needs to step up his game on some entertainment. Um, But big shout out to him for being a trailblazer for sure. Um, So that puts me in a question for the X and Y era. And before I give any of my information, what I'm doing, um, ASX, I know you came in a little bit after the X and Y era. As of I, you came in during Sword and Shield. I came in towards the tail end of Sun and Moon, mid Sun and Moon. You came in probably like the beginning of Sword and Shield. Um, it was yeah, right at the beginning. What so like? What are your when I when I mentioned to you that I think mm-hmm. the X and Y era is an undervalued, underappreciated era? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, well, I guess the first thing that would come to my mind is that I really didn't honestly see a lot of that era. You know, when I That's came I into for. it, yeah, when I came into it. You know, there definitely was some product out there on the shelves Mm -hmm. that had X and Y packs at it uh, in them. Tons of them still. A lot of it was evolutions. Steam Siege. I picked it up when I did. I didn't, of course, like a lot of us. Um, You know, Steam Siege. A lot, lots of Steam Siege out there. My gosh, and just about every like Pokeball you could open, uh, or products (laughs) like that. Um, You know, so it was, it was, it was cool to see those cards, but it just they didn't feel they felt like they were less valued. I don't know. Just, you know, the X and Y era just didn't seem like 
as as spicy to me. So like I guess, before you know? before twenty twenty when the boom happened, nobody gave mm-hmm. a crap. I remember walking into Target and they would have this little box of packs that were three forty nine, unsleeved everything. Mm-hmm. They were just it was hanging on the little wall. And it was kind of like where you find the single packs of sports cards and stuff now that are always empty. Yeah. Um, but they used to have Pokemon ones. And inside, there was always X and Y sets. There was always uh, Primal Clash, Roaring Sky, Steam Siege, Fates Collide. Um, that's really about it. Sometimes you'd find Primal Clash. Um, yeah. But like the, the others, like the really better expensive sets as of right now were not in there. There was no Flash Fire, Furious Fist, Phantom Forces. Those are some of the earlier wow. sets in the X and Y era. Uh, but Breakpoint, Breakthrough, you can pretty much find 80% of the sets in these boxes. And I left them there. You know, yeah. well, go watch my very beginning uh, Pokemon Hall videos. You would see clearance uh, four-pack collection boxes, you know, like with Evolutions and Steam Siege and Fates Collide and, and all those yeah. in there. And we weren't rushing to buy those. You know, it just wasn't. Right. People were just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But... I know you were surprised. You said right before we started recording, you were like, man, I was just looking back at the X and Y era cards, and yeah. they're amazing. Like, the full art yeah. cards in this generation, absolutely amazing, guys. And if you don't know, I'm going to tell you specifically what I would like you to go look at, okay? I want you, as and I want you guys to do this. I really do. If you're listening or you're watching over on YouTube, I want you to go to TCG Player. I want you to go to the search bar. I want you to type in EX... Space, full, space, art. Okay? EX, full art, with spaces. Change it to Pokemon only, you know, because some weird stuff pops up for magic and stuff like that from time to time. And then I want you to narrow it down between most expensive, highest value first. And I want you to take a look at that first page of cards and tell me that those are not some of the most impressive Pokemon TCG artworks that you have ever seen. I'm talking about the Rayquaza, the Charizard, the Venusaur, the Blastoise, yeah. the Mew, the Mewtwo, the full arts of this generation. The Kyogre, the Groudon, the Lugia is a phenomenal freaking card. They are all amazing. And pretty much all of them, with an exception of maybe like the top three or four, are all under $100. Yeah. And when you compare that to, let's go ahead and say evolving skies where you have all of those alternate arts that are over a hundred dollars i mean how much money are people spending to get that leafeon that glaceon alternate art in the packs right how many packs have you bought of evolving skies to try to pull those because you didn't want to buy the 145 dollar leafeon alternate art you can buy right now a venusaur a dragonite a blastoise a tyranitar ex full art all for about the price of that one Leafeon alternate art. And yeah. it's it's bananas to me that it hasn't really caught on yet. Because the other thing that I want to talk about is how many are available. Right? So yeah. when you go over, even, even the alternate arts in Evolving Skies, I'm going to look at it right now. I'm going to go to Evolving Skies. I'm going to go ahead and drop it down. I'm going to find myself to Glaceon V, right? So let's just, uh, let's go, where are we? Or the, the V Max, right? Yeah. Okay, so we got... Okay, so there's actually not that many on there. Extraordinarily rare. But the there's 18 Glaceon, 18 Leafeon. And then when you go down to the Vs, you're looking at 40, 45, 49, 57 of the V alternate arts. Um, and then we're going to do that. We're going to go EX, full art. Mm-hmm. 
and just take a look at let's go ahead and see the Lugia. This Lugia is one of my favorite cards. The Mega the Mega Groudon EX, Mega Kyogre EX, the Gengar, the Gengar EX full art is phenomenal market price $49. There's only 23 yeah. listed over on TCG Player. 23. Um, and you can even have a hard time finding them in near mint condition because that's all cards. So when you're buying yeah. these in near mint condition, let me go ahead and check actual near mints on that Gengar. Four. So out of the 30, what I say, 39 Gengars that are on here, there's four in near mint condition. That's insane. Four. That's not a lot. Four. <laughs> right. Now let's go ahead and take a look at... Um, there's a Mew. This Mew EX from Dragon's Exalted. Market price, $88. Mm-hmm. One in near mint condition. Because these cards are older, right? Yeah. So that's you get a lot more moderately played. You get a lot more heavily played cards in this entire generation than you are for these VMAX alternate arts because 9 out of 10 of these are packed fresh when they go up on the alternate arts, you know? Oh, yeah. So out of the 23, yeah. you know, uh, out of the 23 Glaceons or whatever were on there... How, how many of them are in near mint condition? 12, right? Yeah. So half. Half of them are in near mint condition. Um, and they're $50, $60 more. So why do you think the XY full art cards are so, I don't want to say underwhelming, but undervalued? They're so much more affordable than yeah. some of these alternate arts we have from Evolving Skies and Brilliant Stars and Fusion Strike, when there's more of them available mm-hmm. than there are the EX ones. Like, what's your, what, why do you think they're not catching up? Yeah, I mean, I, I would go, you know, right back to kind of what I said when we first started talking about this. Like, you know, it, it just, there weren't a lot of those packs around when I got back into it. A lot of people got back into Pokemon around the exact same time I got back into Pokemon. And, I just feel like, and I can even say this for myself, when I pulled up this list to take a look at this, a whole bunch of these cards on this list, I honestly, is probably my first time seeing them. So I just feel like people just don't know about them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to, you know, it not being a super popular time in Pokemon. Um, I'm sure if it was a little bit more of a popular time, some of these cards probably would be doing a little bit better. Um, but I really think that's probably the big chunk of it. It's just that people just don't know about this era of cards um you don't look into it very often it's not something that's brought up uh really at all you know in in modern pokemon you know ch- talking about modern pokemon the ex era is rarely brought up um so yeah i think it's just just dude, people just aren't aware you know like they are like everybody talks about alternate arts today like that's what that's the hot topic the hot you thing. know everybody knows about them Everybody knows what every one of them looks like and everything like that. And I just, I, I don't feel like that's the case for these cards. If, if anybody is like me and looks at this list and is like, man, like, you know, these are the first time I'm seeing these cards. It, it's got to be that to me, at least. I definitely recommend you guys go check it out. Like, seriously, go, go yeah. do what I asked you to do because these cards are absolutely Beautiful. phenomenal. And like, just go to Furious yeah. Fists as well. There is a Mega Lucario EX Gold Border Secret Rare with gold writing. And it is a beautiful freaking card. Market price is $23, right? It's They're unreal how amazing these cards are in terms of artwork. Everybody talks about how much they love the artwork for the alternate arts and stuff. And, like, I get it. It's different. You know, the alternate arts are, like, this almost, like, more realistic type thing. Or it's quirky, like yeah. the Machamp and the, and the Giratina that's coming in Lost Origins. Um, and, and, and I get that. But 
these full arts are just absolutely some of the best cards that I have ever seen from the X, XY era. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you this as well. Do mm-hmm. you think that 10, 15, this is pure speculation, 10, mm-hmm. 15 years from now, 20 years from now, do you think that today's Sword and Shield era cards are going to hold a higher value because more people were collecting now than obviously in 14, 15, 16, and they're going to have more sentimental attached value and nostalgic feelings for the sun and the for the sword and shield era than they had for mm-hmm. the X and Y era? Or do you think that the extra six or seven years of you know vintage um, and what's going to end up being more rare because they are going to end up being more rare, guys? I'm telling you right now, with these yeah. with these <clears throat> printers being on max, there's going to be significantly more cards from Evolving Skies, Brilliant Stars, Astro Radiance, Lost Origins, available 10, 15 years from now than there are these XY sets. Like, where do you think we're going to land? What era do you think is going to be worth more? Like, what are you thinking here? Yeah, so, you know, if you had to put the two era, you know, the EX era up against, you know, our, our current Sword and Shield era here, I probably would have to say that the Sword and Shield era is probably going to come out on the better end of things. Um just because it has that many more people in it, more supporters, right, for this era, more people invested in it with the games and everything, um, you know, with so many more people into the TCG, I do feel like people are going to have more, you know, put more of a sentimental value on the Sword and Shield era, especially with those alternate arts. I think those are honestly going to be some of the best. um, Well, they are going to be the best, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. They're going to be the best cards of the set, but I think they're going to be when it in the grand scheme of things you know some of the best some of the pokemon cards that hold the hold the value the longest over time i i think um from this era and yeah i think i think it comes down to just the amount of people that are in the hobby now than were back then they're gonna hold i feel like they're gonna hold this era more sentimental than past eras see and the only reason why i question that is if, if i say to you um what is the more nostalgic, um, sentimental set, right? Um, mm-hmm. Team Rocket, base set, or some of the Neo stuff? Or, let's say, and I don't want to put this out there because it's it's like one of the greatest sets of all time, but the E-Series cards, Right. I think yeah. I think E series cards was another era that not a lot of people were collecting. You know, it mm-hmm. definitely not as much as as Watsy era, right? I mean, it, it, that is Watsy, right. but I mean like base set, yeah. jungle, fossil, you know, uh, Team Rocket. Like that's when Pokemon was at its peak. That was when it was at its fever pitch, and everybody mm-hmm. was in on it, right? And then, you know, people started to cool off during the gym sets. And then people really started to cool off during during Neo when Johto came out. And then the E-Series, like, happened. And people were kind of like, these are completely different. I don't even yeah. know, in all reality, if I don't think I was collecting cards during Expedition and Aquapolis. You know, I, I, I don't yeah. think I was buying booster packs. I think I was done by that point. Um, I yeah, think I made it so up into I. the gym stuff. I made it into the, I remember getting some gym challenge, uh, and gym heroes. Like I remember getting Giovanni's Persian was one of my favorite cards as a kid for some reason, but it just was. Um, and I, I don't think I ever got any of the E-series cards at all. Um, yeah. 
And yet, as I was we, right there with you, as we sit here right now today, people would would kill for Sky Ridge over Base Set. Oh my gosh! I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, I, Sky Ridge is up there, and it, it might even have surpassed at this point. Let me know down in the comments. It may have surpassed First Edition Shadowless because it's it's so rare. It you know, it's so rare. Yeah. Because they didn't print nearly as much. Because they just they were like, well, okay, I don't know. And then Watsy dropped them, and Pokemon picked it up, and blah blah blah. Right, we're off to the races. But I could really see this X and Y era kind of being looked at as like this forgotten era, where all these amazing cards are going to surprise people down the road. You know, like yeah. investors are going to be like, oh yeah, I still have cases of evolving Sky Sealed booster boxes in my closet. You know what they don't have? They don't have sealed cases of Flash Fire. They don't have yeah. sealed cases of, of Phantom Forces. They just don't. And to put this in a little bit more perspective, let's talk about sealed, right? We talked about yeah. the singles. Let's talk about sealed here for a second. Phantom Forces, Booster Box, sealed, over on TCG Player. Never mind. Not even there. They don't even <laughs> have one listed. Don't even yeah. have one listed. Furious Fists, $1,000. $1,000 for a Furious Fist booster box, and I think that's on the low end. That's on the low end, guys. Yeah. I would, I'm would. i almost tempted to buy this at that price. Um, Phantom Forces is a better set. It's got the silver card in it, and it's got the Gengar in it, which is amazing. Um, a Flashfire yeah. booster box is $3,000 right now. $3,000 for a Flashfire booster box. That's that's pretty up there. And you know how many yeah. are listed? Two. There's two, two <laughs> listed. I know that Evolving Skies is still in print, but I'm telling you, six, seven years from now, there's going to be a lot more Evolving Skies available to buy than two. Yeah. So I would 100% agree with you on that. I like the singles a lot. I really like Sealed for X and Y. Um, because it, it, I think there's just going to be this mystique. And I would almost go back and say that the black and white era is going to kind of fit in the same mold. Um, sure. Black and white era is really where, in my opinion, the the games took a massive hit. I think a lot of people did not like the black and white games. I feel yeah. like a lot of people stepped away from Pokemon during the black and white era because of that. Because you couldn't play with your old Pokemon that you loved. And you couldn't have a Charizard. And you couldn't have these other things. And people yeah. didn't want to get to know Vanillish, you know. They didn't care. I think Pokemon Vanillish. <laughs> he's not chocolate. That's the problem. Because chocolate ice cream is the only way to go. It would have been much more successful if he was a chocolate ice cream crone and not vanilla. I'm just saying. <laughs> Chocolatish is what he should have been. Um. So yeah, I would almost say that you know the black and white era might even have a, a, a worse stigma attached to it than the X and Y era mm. because the X and Y era almost just doesn't exist for a lot of people. Yeah, A lot of people it, remember black much. and white as like this down, like, oh, boom, eh, I don't want it. I don't care. I don't need this, that, and the other. I don't need a, you know, whatever. I think Gar did Garbador come out in black and white? Like, really? Like, come on. So people were done and X and Y comes out and people never bought it, you know? Yeah. So... That's that's. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Like, do you do you think that there is this little mystique around X and Y? Because I really think there is. I do. You know, I do because it's it's you know as you know I go further here into my you know Pokemon expedition. 
uh, you know, these older sets are ones that, you know, get me kind of intrigued here. And especially the X and Y era, it's still kind of in that range where, if you know, if you did want to open up some packs, you can find packs for a pretty decent price still. You know, mm -hmm. you can still get into it and things like that. So, you know, I definitely think there is some room, um, you know, for the X and Y era or, you know, for the whole X and Y era to still get some some growth, some popularity into it. Um and yeah, when it comes to buying singles, like now is pretty much the time to be looking at at the singles here. I mean, looking at all the prices, you can buy a bunch of cards, like amazing cards, like even under the thirty dollar price point. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at like evolutions, amazing looking cards here, under thirty dollars. Yep. And I mean, at that price point, you know, why wouldn't you? Uh, I I think honestly, like these full arts probably some of my favorite full arts even through you know like past the the sun and moon and the sword and shield era i think these these full arts look better uh than the current ones that we have the the, the colors look like way more uh way more vibrant vibrant to me. yeah mm -hmm. and, and i, I like, like i like really the sheer size the of the better. pokemon too i like the sheer size yeah they look great mm -hmm. like we've we've gotten into this full art like situation where the pokemon on the full art cards are like not that large they're kind of small. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. we're stuck with like just this brightly colored background with a small little Pokemon on it. And I'm kind of like, like, why are we, why, why did we do this? Yeah. Yeah. You're right with the, with the X and Y era. It's like the, the focus really is like the Pokemon. And it, it does feel like looking at some of these, it does feel like the Pokemon is a little bit oversized for the card, but it looks good. I like it. It looks good way. on the card. Yeah. I do too. The chonkiness um, but you're right. Yeah. Good. Some of our, our more recent uh, full art cards, and uh, I would even say, you know, some of the um, uh, some of the alternate art cards as well. Yeah, the Pokemon's like that little on there, yep. and you got that much card. <laughs> yeah, know? well, and that's why you're you're stuck filling it out. So like they did this weird thing, like during the sun, the, the right now the Sword and Shield era, where they had to fit the entire Pokemon on there from feet to head, mm -hmm. from from hands to feet, like everything. Mm -hmm. Every inch of the Pokemon has to be on the card. Yeah. And I, I don't like that, you know, because it, it all, then you just get, like, this silhouette. They're just standing there, you know, like the like the mystery character on NBA 2K. Like, they're just yeah. standing there. And, like, the perfect... Feels flat. Dude, the perfect example is the Garchomp V Full Art Rational Radiance. It looks dumb. It looks dumb. Mm. And Garchomp is one of my favorite aesthetically pleasing Pokemon that they've ever made. Yeah. And it looks stupid. And then you go back and look at the XY ones, and they're just, they're awesome. Their poses are better. You know, they're, yeah. they're bigger. They look stronger. You know, they just look like more strong, fierce cards, Pokemon. So, I agree, 100%. Really cool Black Star promos as well. I just got to put that out there. Oh, the, the Black Star. Oh. The, the original Kanto 3 and the Pikachu, like some of my favorite yep. Black Star promos. I wish they were textured. That's my only, my only yeah. gripe for the XY promos are they're not textured. Like even go back mm -hmm. and look at the the like the um, the later ones, the X and Y like 105s, 103s of like Arceus and um, Mew and all these. Like they are beautiful cards. I believe they came inside the Generations, um, yeah, two, two pack the two pack boxes for Generations. Some of the best artworks. Like talk about alternate arts. Those are phenomenal, but there's no texture on them, which is a huge turnoff for me. Um, yeah. cause it is so much easier to like scuff your hollow and it's just a flat hollow as opposed to the texture and stuff like that. Um, yeah. so it's harder to find those in extraordinarily good condition. Somebody who took care of them from day one like that, but 
Yeah. yeah so, like, let me, let me, let's ask you this. Like, and then we're going to move on. I'm going to give you two options, right? You can buy yeah. Origin Form Dialga V Alternate Art from Astro Radiance uh, for about okay. 60 bucks right now in near mint condition. Okay? 60 bucks. Okay. You can go over there and go to the XY, go to the XY Full Arts, and you can buy the Umbreon, the Espeon, and mm-hmm. you can likely add a few more on the tail end of that as well, like a Machamp and uh, a Darkrai and all these things. For about the same price, like what are you buying? Oh, hands down, I'm I'm going with the XY era cards. Like that that's not even not even the competition for me. One, the the alternate arts from that set, the Dialga and the Palkia, mm-hmm. they're cool, but not cards that I'm like sitting here, you know, trying to chase or anything like that. But yeah, if, yeah, if if you're telling me I had to buy that one card or i could get five six cards for the same price from the ex era full arts ultra rares i'm going with the five cards all day because i feel like in the end those are going to be the all all of those cards would probably come out on top over over the, the diagonal over the palkia yeah palkia yeah. i mean that's that's what i'm thinking that's that and mm-hmm. that's what i mean by it's an undervalued underappreciated investable era you know, yeah. and I'm going to tell you guys, don't go buy them all right now because you're going to piss me off because I'm still yeah, I'm often like... frequently buying these X and Y full art cards. <laughs> so if all you guys go over there and start start emptying out this, I'm going to be short and upset with you. So don't do that. Um, <laughs> so you guys should go buy the Dialga um, and I will take care of the Umbreon, Espeon and the other fan favorites that I can pick up at a much better price and get two or three or four of them at the same time. So there you go. Um, just saying, <laughs> don't 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 screw with me, man. Don't screw with me. Okay. Listen to us, but don't listen to us. Correct. Listen to us, but don't act. Don't act on what exactly. we say. Um, but yeah, okay. So so we spent a long time on that topic. So uh, let's move forward here. And yeah. let's go ahead and talk about how Pokemon seems to be producing more products for the collector, right? And sure. if you guys listen to our podcast when it first started, one of the things that I would consistently talk about and that I would like requested from Pokemon was exactly that. I would like more focus on the collector and less on the TCG game. Because I think, I I know I get a lot of flack for this every time I talk about it. I don't care. I'm a collector. I'm not a player. I'm never going to win worlds. I'm never even going to play in a tournament at my dang local gar- card store. I just ain't gonna. You can't win if you don't try. I just ain't gonna, <laughs> you know. I, I You know, if I ever open up my own card store, I might dabble in it. You know, but I'll probably just be the go. Pokemon professor judging people and kicking them out when they're swiping cards through their sleeves and their armbands. Um, <laughs> don't do that, guys. Cheating is not cool. Um, no. But, and it seems to me like they have directly listened to Travis over at TCG Funhouse. Um, I think they you do. You know, not that they've had these planned for years or anything like that. Um, I think <laughs> I've completely swayed them with my with my sales tactics. I think so. I think so. Because if you take a look Very at the persuasive. if you take a look at the Charizard UPC, which we talked about a little bit earlier today with the Charizard cards inside, that is ten thousand percent, ten thousand percent a collector's item. It is not for the players. It's just not. It's a collector's item, no. strictly for collectors. The box itself, the cards inside, it is for collectors through and through. Um, same thing with the Celebrations UPC. The metal yeah. cards are for collectors through and through. That metal base at Charizard, that metal base at Pikachu, 100% for collectors. Um, and if you guys don't know, we do have an Arceus uh, um, uh, 
UPC coming out later in the year as well. Um, hopefully they add other things to it. I don't know exactly what all could be inside to make it UPC worthy. Um, there's yeah. not been nearly as much information about it as there has this Charizard one. Um, but Pokey Beach and Pokey Guardian do have articles up on their website about the Arceus UPC. Um, but little, 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 little information. Anyway, I want to talk about how I think Pokemon could be going into this realm, right? And taking this journey similar to what Magic the Gathering has. Um, so if you guys are Magic the Gathering fans, which a lot of people who mm. collect Pokemon also collect Magic or play Pokemon, play Magic. Um, they have basically collector's bundles that they call showcases, right? Where mm-hmm. you don't have to buy packs. You can literally buy a product that comes with 5 to 10 uh, holographic alternate art mythic cards that are going to hold decent value, you know, um, but you don't have to worry about pulling them. You can literally yeah. just buy the cards outright for your collection at a pretty hefty price, you know. It's more than packs, obviously. Um, sure. And I can definitely see Pokemon taking that jaunt. And I really think this Charizard UPC is the first time that they're kind of like, hey, we have these exclusive Charizard cards that are going to be everybody's absolute favorite cards. And we're not going to make you buy booster packs to pull them. But we're going to sell basically three cards to you for $120. I do know that there's booster packs inside as well, which is kind of like a bonus throw-in, if you ask me, because people who are buying this box are buying this box for the Charizards, not the booster packs inside. So, what do you think about Pokemon potentially going into this realm of making specific products for collectors as opposed to towards the TCG game and improving the meta and all that stuff? Yeah, well, I definitely see that with this Charizard UPC. I mean, you're right. Like, nobody's buying this box. At least I hope nobody's buying this box to, like, build a deck out of those Charizard cards. I need to get four pretty... for an entire uh, playset of 12 Charizards, please. I mean, that would be a sick-looking deck. But, yeah, no, this this is 100% a collector's item. Um, yeah, everything else that comes inside is second to those three cards that come in there. That's 100% what it's for. Uh, yeah, and I can definitely see the Pokemon Company, um, you know, see this as really seeing the Celebrations UPC as like the first step into that like hardcore collector's item. But this is definitely like that next confident step into it. Like, okay, you know, the people liked the UPC, the the Celebrations UPC. Let's do it again. Let's go over the top with this one. Um, and I think they're going to continue to do that. Uh, it's exciting to hear about the Arceus um, UPC as well. I'm, I'm really happy that they're continuing into the next era with UPCs. I think that's fantastic um, and awesome for the collector if we can get them, <laughs> if we can find them. They're going to be very hard to find. That's going to be the hard part. Um, that Yeah, that's, that's the hard part because then it doesn't necessarily feel like it's for the collector if you can't you even, even have a chance of getting one. Yeah. Um, however... I do think that the Pokemon company is going to push the other side of it pretty hard as well. Not as hard as the collector side of it. I think that's going to take over and be the predominant thing here in this next era for sure. Um, But I think they are going to focus pretty heavy on actually the TCG side of it as well because we just got back to Worlds, right? Worlds just happened. 
there was like a two year, I think two year, maybe even three year. I don't know. It's getting all mixed up now. But there was a hiatus where, you know, nobody was able to get in person and play. And now that we're able to get back to that, I really see them wanting to make products and wanting to do things and, you know, outside of products too, like bring back tournaments and all that, you know, to get people back into playing it, excited about that. Uh, cause that's, that's their main base, right? Um, they need people to keep playing the game for the game to be around. So, you know, I, I think though, when you pit them up against each other, I think this, this era that we're walking into here is going to be more of a collector's era. We're going to see a lot more products like that. Like you're talking where you'll be able to walk in, buy, you know, the two, three, four, you know, special cards, things like that. I think, uh, you know, a lot of these boxes, um, and we kind of started to see it here in the sword and shield era. You know, a lot of these um, boxes that came with Black Star promos, like the Black Star promos are getting to be really awesome. A lot of times now, they, both cards that come in there are textured and things like that. So um, I really do think they are taking the steps. We're going to see it a lot more. I'm excited to see how these, no pun intended, but how these all, all these boxes, all these products evolve, uh, you know, um, you know, to be more for the collector. And I'm super excited about that, obviously. We have this channel here. It's all about collecting, um, and it, we're going to have some awesome products to open up. So I'm super excited. Yeah, I, I am too. Now, again, I, I do want to reiterate that this isn't anything like significantly new for Pokemon. So if you remember back right. in 2015, 16, 17, they had the Super Premium Collection. I think that was out right around uh, Generations. They had mm -hmm. the uh, Pokemon TCG Premium Trainers Collection which had the, the gold shaman, gold Veltal inside with some bunch of full art trainers. Um, and I don't even know if that box had packs. That box may not even have had packs inside, mm. but it was basically like $100 for this massive box of full arts and things like that. Um, we had the Shining Legends Super Premium Collection, and then, of course, the Hidden Fates Ultra Premium Collection as well. Um, but... Like, the you know, g going back to the Shining Legends and Hidden Fates one, that one was really popular because they were subsets and you got, like, 12 packs of that particular yeah. set as well. So not only were you getting this awesome shiny Rayquaza with this figure, but you were also getting 12 Hidden Fates booster packs, which was the most packs that you could get inside of one box, which, again, right. you know, really made it like, okay, this is really, really cool. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's, you know, these types of boxes are not anything new for Pokemon. No. But I really do think they're going to take them to the next step. I think that yeah. they are, that Pokemon Company has realized that it, it really has. It has turned into this investment property, this collection property, this money property. And again, people hate talking about it. It's taboo. Collectors don't like talking about it. TCG players don't like talking about it. But there is a massive niche of people who are in Pokemon for the money. They are in Pokemon yeah. strictly for collection, um, investing specifically. And these types of boxes, like the Charizard UPC, like the Celebrations UPC, like are the like the biggest like items that you could possibly have in these niches. That, in my opinion, is probably the biggest niche within Pokemon right now. Yes, there's a lot of yeah. players. And, like you said, they're bringing back local tournaments. Um, and with that, you're going to get a lot of these players once again coming out of the woodworks. Or people maybe playing for the first time. Maybe these collectors yeah. are going back to playing. But 
they're going to stick to the formula, I believe. Booster boxes, booster packs are going to be designed for the game like they are right now. I don't really see them messing with that very much. That stuff is going to stick the same. So instead, they're going to now give us these other products for collectors that are going to be rare. I don't believe they're going to be printed to demand. I don't believe they're going to be... Um, just mass release. I think they're going to be available for a short period short period of time to keep the people invested that are in it for mm. the money game, for the collector game. So that way, instead of having to buy hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of packs to try to pull one Charizard card that, let's face it, at the end of the day, is probably going to be worth 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Instead, we're going to sell you three Charizard cards that look just as cool for 120 bucks, that's going to get scalped to 250 bucks, but that's what we're going to do for you instead. So that way, the booster packs and booster boxes remain for the players, and they're not going to mess mm-hmm. with that. Um, and I do want to get your opinion on this question. I just said the booster boxes and packs are going to remain the same for the for the player, right? You want to build yeah. a deck, you go buy stuff. Hopefully, you pull the trainers you need, and you can build a nice little deck out of it and play a game. But what if they did something like Magic did? What if they gave us different types of booster packs? So if you guys aren't familiar with Magic, mm. Magic has three different types of booster packs. They have draft boosters, set boosters, and collector boosters. Draft boosters yeah. are specifically made for deck builders. They're specifically made for people who play Magic. They're they're hard to pull, alternate art, foils, mythics, stuff like that. Like You can get them, but they're very, very hard to pull out of those packs you get more cards per pack and they're usually the most affordable of the three types of packs set boosters which are very similar to the pokemon packs there's a rare in every pack there's a foil in every pack and yes you do have potential to get two rares if you're lucky right then you have collector's boosters that are full every card in it is either a foil card or a a, or a, a a mythic or an alternate art or something along those lines inside these collector's boosters, but the collector booster pack is $26. MSRP on one collector's booster, we're talking 10 cards, right? 10 cards in one pack, 11 cards maybe, um, 26 bucks. Would you like to see Pokemon go that route, or would you like them to just stick where they are with one type of booster pack and maybe just adding these special collection collector items? Yeah, no, I, I think that sounds awesome, actually, uh, to kind of split it up like that and have different types of packs for different types of, of collectors, players, people, investors. Um, I think that would be fantastic. I, Pokemon kind of does that a little bit with, like, I, I hate to say this because this is literally the product that every single person leaves on the shelves, <laughs> with the trainer toolkits, right? They do that, oh, yeah. those blue, those purple trainer toolkits. Um Come with a few packs in it so you can get actual Pokemon cards. Um, but most of it is just like you get like a brick of trainers, a brick of energies. So Well, and they also give you they also give you like one of the that. most influential cards in the TCG. So like the the blue one had the Dedene that was True. in everybody's True. deck. Everybody had a freaking mm-hmm. Dedene back then. Yeah. And uh, I think this new one I think has who's 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 in the new one? Crobat? Is Crobat V in the new one? Crobat. Yeah, which yeah. again is a card that's in everybody's deck. I think there's one in the World Champions deck. There was one Crobat V. It was either World Champion or the mm-hmm. runner-up had a Crobat V in their deck. And they put in the yeah. trainer toolkit for you. So you get it. So they help yeah. you build better, stronger decks. 
It's a good product. Yeah, so I, I think that, like I said, they try to do that a little bit, but if they did do it a little bit more like that format where you had a couple different booster packs you could buy, like you said, one that was specifically geared towards deck building, I think that's fantastic. That's really cool to me. Because then it's like kind of like a mini toolkit, right? Mini trainer toolkit. You're just getting yeah. you know, 15 cards or whatever you said, 20 cards or, or something like that. And you can even put more uh, trainers in, a in you know? Put three, ener- yeah, put, exactly. put three energies, you know? Put three mm-hmm. energies, put four trainer cards in every single pack, and then put nine, you know, regular cards. You know, commons, uncommons yeah. for the most part, regular rares, hollow rares, things like that. And I think, I think what that'll do as well, if that'll separate things out a little bit, right? So we don't have every single person all going for the same packs. Yeah. You know, now you have your players going for these packs. You have your collectors going for these packs. And then you have people that are kind of in the middle and get those, you know, regular kind of packs, kind of the packs that we have now where you can really pull anything. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty beneficial, honestly, um, in terms of supply and demand and all that. Like, you know, if, if you're way more into investing in, in the that. collectors. You're, yeah, you're not going to go for those, you know, Trap three, boosters. four dollar packs yep. where you're not getting anything big in it. You know, you're going to go for that hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty dollar pack or whatever it might. Or you, I guess you said twenty five. You know, twenty six bucks twenty five dollar pack, yeah. pack. Yeah, but a, a collector's yeah, booster so, box is like three hundred dollars, three hundred twenty five bucks. Yeah, right. So I mean, you know, if if you want to go for that, then you know, I think that's a fantastic option, and you know what you're getting into, you know, with something like that as well. There's it sounds like there would be probably maybe a little bit more of a guarantee, right? Oh, yeah. You know a little bit more. Well, what odd, you're odds are significantly better, right? So let's take a look at Evolving Skies yeah. for a second. So let's say they offered, yeah. you know, let's say they offered a, I don't know what they would call them, but a draft set and a collect in booster boxes for Evolving Skies. You know, would you spend mm-hmm. $100 to get a draft Pokemon Evolving Skies box and, you know, have a very slim chance of getting a alternate art? Or would you buy the $350, $375 collector's booster box where, mm-hmm. you know, you might get three alternate arts in one box? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, had I known what Evolving Skies was going to turn into and, like, never allow me to get any hits, oh, 100%, <laughs> right off the bat, I would have bought, you know, the, the $350 box knowing Trolling. that, you know, I would walk out, I would, you know, probably walk out of there with at least one alternate yeah. art. I get Two a handful, rainbows. you know, full arts. Couple of secret rares, exactly. Yeah, I 100%. I would totally, you know, put the money down for that, knowing that I'm probably going to walk out of that happier than spending yeah. the same amount of money and having a, you know, barely having a chance at anything. You know, they're so. almost like they're almost like preparing us for something like this. If you really think about it, right? So let's take a look at the trainer galleries mm-hmm. for a second. You know, yeah. I would consider trainer galleries like alternate arts. You know. I know they. I know they yeah, play. I sure. know they play a little bit differently, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're going to have you know like collectors Pokemon booster packs where you know you can pull three alternate arts in one pack, you know, yeah, why 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 would you not have bigger trainer galleries? You know, like magic magic yeah. sets are massive, and they're massive because so many cards have alternate arts. You know, like almost mm. every card in the in the freaking set that's a rare and above has an alternate art version or a showcase version or all these different types uh-huh. of things. They can even make like alternate art energies, 
you know, like the gold seeker rare energies, you know, like, yeah, make those more common in the collector's booster packs, you know, that would give be us cool. fire energies that look different, you bit. know what I mean? Like all, there's so yeah. many different options that they could do yeah. to make the TCG more collector friendly, um, which if I'm Pokemon, that's the route I'm looking because again, I think the bulk of people are collectors at this point. Um, mm -hmm. there's still a fair amount of players. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like even magic, even though they've made all these, these changes, like the backbone of magic is still players over anything right. else. Like more people play magic than they do other games. Um, mm -hmm. arguably, but I think they do. I can definitely see Pokemon falling, falling into that realm and I would be okay with it. I would not complain one yeah. bit. No, I think that'd be exciting. It'd be uh, it'd be invigorating for the Pokemon Ooh. community for sure. Definitely word, a change. Man. Do you like that? You like that word? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, it uh, it'd be it'd be awesome for sure. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. That's it, guys. That is the end of our podcast today. Uh, let us know what you guys think down in the comment section if you're watching over on YouTube. What do you think about Pokemon becoming more collector-friendly? And what do you think about the X and Y era as a whole in terms of investable cards and collectible cards? If you're listening to audio platforms, guys, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. If you're on YouTube, drop a sub. If you're new to the channel, leave a comment below and hit that like button. It really, really helps out. Cheers to ASX for officially being a part of the TCG Funhouse crew. This is his very first week. And after this week, I'm not going to be saying that any longer. So make sure you guys welcome him with open <laughs> arms right now. Because by this time next week, I'm just going to be treating him like a drill sergeant. It's like, get down there. We're gonna get be in, in the mud. You're, you're, you're not new here anymore. You know, that sort of a thing. What did I sign up for? Uh, you don't know yet. It's okay, though. Um <laughs> But yeah, guys, I appreciate you hanging out with us today, giving us a little bit of your time. Hopefully, you were uh, you were happy about it. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll see you next week. We have videos here on YouTube five days a week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So hit that bell so you don't miss out. Thank you guys so much. We'll check you later.